Welcome to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. Today, Pastor Walter Arias brings a message titled, Special Trip and Visit. Let us see how the Apostle Paul speaks about his desire to visit some brothers and sisters in the faith and how it was a blessing. Enjoy the message and God bless. So please join me in a prayer. Good God, we give you thanks in this morning that you give us the opportunity to come here as a people, as your children, Lord, and to come together to worship you, but also the opportunity that you give us to listen to your word. And I ask God in this moment, in the name of Jesus, that everyone that is here, that it can be ministered through this portion, Lord, that this word does not return void, but it fulfills the purpose of which it is sent. And I ask you, God the King, that everyone that is here, that you give us understanding, or that that leaves confronted or edified or comforted, that those purposes are fulfilled in them. And I also ask, Father, that those that are in Chicago, those that are in Kansas, those in Cordo, Mexico, those in Colombia and the Dominican Republic, and, and everyone watching from the internet, that this word also minister to those lives. We bless this time, Father, and I ask for myself, boldness by your spirit to be able to share as it suits, and for the listeners, for everyone, attention, Lord, in this moment. In the name of Jesus and the whole church of the Lord says... Amen and amen. Amen. Look, all of us that are here, we visit. All of us that are here, we travel. Yes? Lift your hands, those that have traveled. Those that travel. And the others that didn't lift their hands, I'm going to say, you've already traveled from your house here, so you also traveled. You just haven't understood it. But one travels every day. The fact that you come out of your house and you went to the store, you travel to the store. You get into a car, you go to the supermarket, you travel to the supermarket. Every day we travel. And where people that we visit, has anybody visited here? Lift up your hands, those that have visited someone. Lower your hands. And those that have been visited by someone, lift your hands. Look, others, they don't socialize with anyone. That's not good. You don't have relations, interpersonal relationships? Then give us your information so we could visit you from this church. 600 people will arrive to your house. We all travel from one way or another. We make short travels, long travels. We all visit someone. We are all visited in one moment, assuredly. That's normal in interrelationships. With intellect, with emotions, with thoughts. And God made us to be able to relate mutually. There's a there's different types of visits. There's visits that are opportune and others that are not of an opportune time. Has an inopportune visit arrived ever? Yes. So you know what I'm talking about. Now, I asked the question, have you ever made a visit that you noticed that it wasn't an opportune? Also, raise your hands. Very good. So we're in the right correction, in the right congregation in this morning glory to God so then there's visits that are programmed that could uh, be like a great experience have you made a visit and programmed a visit to a place yes so a few lift the hands those that uh, make trips or you know program trips very good but those visits that can have a great experience but could also there's others that could cause a great stress there's visits that are waited for and there's other visits that are just appear. Have you waited for a visit? Lift those that you were waiting for a visit. Okay, lower your hands. And those that have visited you, 
Oh, wow, you guys are bad. <laughs> so you see, we're normal. Glory to God. So allow me to tell you a little information. In a time of my life, my wife and I, when we were younger, my wife and I, we had, I was like 27 years old. She was 24. At that time, my wife was pregnant. And we, we had an abundance of scarcity. We were poor. We had an abundance of poverty. <laughs> we were poor, poor. But I said that we were bad is that we didn't have money. And not because of her, but because of being a, a, a I was a, a man that I just made a bad use of my youth and I didn't do what was right. And I know that you guys know that of me. So the money didn't reach, but only for the bad things I used it for. And what it was for good for, I never used it for. And my wife was pregnant and we saw ourselves in moments that were obligated to make some visits for us that were very opportune, but not for the person we were visiting. We would go to the homes and the time of lunch. Seriously, that's a part of our story. My wife and I, that was uh, she was pregnant and we would go and her with hunger. And I would imagine she was hunger in, from her wound and, and myself as well. And we would go, who do we visit today? And we would go out to visit someone, a family member or someone. And, and we would, you know, knock on the door and and hey we were passing through we were passing through we want to come in and greet you and and i remember one i was smelling some some beans that were so good that were so delicious in medellin colombia family doña lb i never forget oh i would visit her at that time I always i don't know what is your case but in my time, I had a visit because of need. But today, we don't go with an intention to satisfy our hunger when we go visit a family. We don't go with that intention anymore. Unless they say, Pastor, don't eat anything. We're going to, you're going to cook a lot. Then, then my wife and I, and a hunger between us both, we take that with us. So then today, we go with another intention, not to satisfy the hunger. And wherever we go, you think that, I think, it's a participant of these things that where you go, they always offer you something. Something. A at least they're offering you to drink a, a, a liquid, something. The people always have an opportunity to give something. And the topic today has as a title, Special Trip and Visit. Special Trip and Visit. Let us use this projection on the screen to illustrate that door. When a person gets to a place, and by the word that we could see today, and before we get into scripture, I got to speak of the context, and I'm going to ask that you in your home read chapter one of the book of Romans of the Apostle Paul. I want you to read it, chapter one, and I want you to look verse by verse and understand what is there. And that's the joy of an apostle, of a man that has scattered the gospel through all the places and he had founded a church in Rome. But in a determined moment, he says, I want to go and see you. And he wrote that letter because the letter he was going to send with someone, but because he was announcing that he wanted to go to visit the brothers and sisters in Rome to be able to share with them some things. And I want us to get into there because this visit of the Apostle Paul so to the church in Rome 
was a trip and a visit that was very special. What is the title? Special Trip and Visit. How good. And I'm going to use some biblical texts. I'm not going to read them all, but please you there in Romans chapter 1, verses 8, 11, and 12. So you can take notes, please. Verses 8, 11, and 12 of chapter 1 of Romans. It says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Will you read it once again with me, please? Let's go. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And verse 11 and 12 says the following, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. Say established. Say established. Let us read it again. Ready? For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. And verse 12, it says, says the following. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. This is to be mutual comforted by the faith that is for you and for me. This is a trip and a visit that is special of the Apostle Paul. But there... It has there three ingredients that are very important that I want you to see today. The visit of this person has three ingredients that are wonderful. Three ingredients. Not only did I get into a ship and, and traveled. No. No, the man planned. The man thought. The man proposed. The man had an objective. And there's a great difference in the trips that we make or in the visits that we make, and we want to get into a little bit there. But the first thing that I want to touch upon is that there was a genuine desire of the apostle to visit the church in Rome. What is the first topic? It's a genuine desire. Say, a genuine desire. Why is it important to make an emphasis on this? Because the apostle Paul didn't travel, He, I'm sorry, just to, to just travel because he had nothing to do because he was bored. The man had a desire. His heart was burning with a need for this trip. Amen. His heart had a joy, a motivation, had a uh, expectation. Like when we travel somewhere where we start to think in our mind what we're going to do when we get there, what we want to do. And I think all of us that are here in one time or another that has happened to us because we're tourists, because we travel, because we go to our own countries or we go to other countries. And he had an objective. But the first thing here is that he had a desire. And his desire was genuine. In verse 11, the first part, it says, for, because for I long to see you. What did the Apostle Paul had in his heart say? A genuine desire, a great desire. He wanted to see them. How good it is when one makes a visit that one wants to make. What delight when one plans that I'm going to visit a person or a brother or a friend or a family member. I don't know what, but I'm going to travel there or there. How nice when one has a desire. How difficult it is when one doesn't want to travel. How difficult when one goes against of your own will. When this forms in your programs that you don't want to be a part of. 
that man had a desire, genuine desire. He wanted to visit the brethren. Listen, he wanted to visit those brothers in Rome, brothers and sisters. There's trips that are short, trips that are long. There's trips to the neighbor. You can come out of your house and visit your, your neighbor. That's a short trip and it's a visit. But how good it is that you desire to do it. Amen. The pastors, and I want here as a teaching to the hearts. And without the pastors of God of Covenants Christian Center, we must ask the Lord and the leaders of the church, we must ask the Lord that he allow us to become passionate to visit the brothers in the faith, the brothers and sisters. Or should I say the leaders of this church and the pastors, starting with the pastors, those of the staff, the leaders of the Bible study groups, the consolidators that we get into that room week after week, we need to develop within us a passion, a desire, genuine desire to visit one another. Let us take it by the word. The word is living and uh, powerful and more and sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates to the most profound parts and it, it discerns the thoughts and desires of the heart. I desire a church that is a more of a visiting church. Here we visit people. Here the leaders visit. When I say it, it's not because we don't do it. Here the leaders we visit. My question is, if all the leaders are visiting, here the leaders of the Bible study groups, I'm asking if all are visiting. Here we have a group of people that we call them, I put, I call them the ministry, the noble ministry. That noble ministry, they are so pious, they go and visit in the hospitals, and we include myself in there, my wife as well. But there's some people that I can call and say, my brother, my sister, can you visit such and such person? Oh, can you go to this place? And to another person, can you go to this place? Oh, and pastor, can you go to this place? Because at times, we have to go simultaneously. Four or five people that are sick and we can't go. How good it is to be able to count with a group of people. How good it is that the church of the Lord, the whole church, would become visitors of brothers and sisters. Are you understanding? Amen? It's important if you're a leader of the Bible study group, lift up the hands, the leaders of the Bible study groups and the co-leaders and the hosts of the Bible study groups. Lift the hands. I congratulate you. What a beautiful burden that God has given you. And I hope that you develop in you a, a genuine desire like the Apostle Paul, like he had a desire to go where the brothers and sisters in the faith were. Perhaps maybe it's a block only. Maybe it's a hospital you have to go to. Maybe it's to a married couple. Maybe it's to maybe a couple of miles or a lot of miles. But you have to pray that God put that desire in us. And why should we pray? For God to put what? Desire. Say, genuine desire. That it won't be a burden to visit the brothers and sisters of the church should never be a burden. To visit someone that came for the first time to the church should not be a burden. It should be a passion. In us, that passion should be developed within us. And all of us do it. Can you imagine if we visit each and every one of us? Or if we visit everyone that comes here the first time? They'll say, wow, they attended me. I got letters. They received me. They gave me Bible. They gave me a biblical promise. They gave me a coffee that was so good. They gave me some crackers. They embraced me 30 times, 50 kisses, and a letter came to me, and they sent me email, and they came and even visited me. Can you imagine what can happen in the heart of a person that perhaps is a person that's one of those that doesn't want to socialize, a person that doesn't want to relate with others? Why? Because they're damaged. Because they were difficult. I don't know what, but if we break that, what would happen if we would break that? So let us pray for a heart 
that is genuine, a desire that's genuine of visiting. Amen? What a laziness or what a drag to visit when there's no desire. Because you're going to notice the burden then. Have you not noticed that? When someone comes to your house and they come, like maybe three in the family and two have a bad face because they don't want to be there. Have you noticed that? That two of them did not want to come to your house. And one, yes. Maybe the one that is going and pinching the other two, right? Like to smile. What a drag, no? When we go to a place and we put on a bad face, we the believers should not have that in our conduct. The children of God should never have that uh, negative behavior anywhere. Because listen, we are the light of the world. The word of God says that we're the salt of the world. We should take hope to a place. We should take joy. What a drag to have a visit of one that doesn't want in their house. Look, we also visit in this country here in Florida. We made some visits. If you haven't done it, then you lost something. But I made some visits to those places, even for timeshare here in Florida. We visited the timeshares. Because I was just newly arrived to Florida. And they said, where are you from? Oh, New York. Oh, do you want to go to a meeting for what? For a timeshare. They're going to sell you a vacation time. And what is there for me? $100 per person. And I said, what? Where? When? I was just arrived here in Florida. <laughs> and I don't know, but they give tickets to the parks now, but whatever. But my wife and I, one day, we went to visit the timeshare. And we went for the $100. <laughs> and I had no intention of buying timeshare. I'm honest. They said, what is your business? And who do I deceive? No, I don't deceive. That's something that's transparent. You just go and sit down. You don't have to buy. Then what happens? They're going to try to sell the whole world to you. And what happens if you don't? They're going to give you 100 So, all right, deal. <laughs> and I went with my wife. 90 minutes, they said. They took 120 so I almost charged them more. And while we waited, they attended us very well. They attended us. And they had a purpose in that visit. With our visit, they had an objective. And we also had an objective. <laughs> and little by little, they're speaking to you. And they're almost like, you know, just, I don't know if they put something in the environment, but you start saying, looking if there's money in your bank, in your pocket, so that maybe you buy something. Whatever, a persuasive capacity. At the end, we had a command. And I said to my wife, you're going to say no. And if I start to say yes, you're going to say everything no. <laughs> if I start to say yes, I told my wife. Now, think, who was weaker there? Me. I wanted a timeshare. <laughs> and my wife was like, no. So I was, uh, my asked Yolanda, but they're offering me this. And my sister would say, say no over the phone. Say no, no, no. I have a timeshare. I know. I'll lend it to you. My sister always helps me with that. And where do I go with this? Because in that visit that we made to that place of timeshare, they received us very well. But they dismissed us so badly. When I said no, they didn't take us out to the front door. And I was even strange to see how rude these people were. They go through that window. <laughs> go get your prize and you go through there. Through the back door they took us out. Oh, how uncomfortable is that type of visit when there's not a mutual benefit. How it is when, when you make a visit where there's a gain everywhere from the person who's visiting and the person who's visited. Am I understood? There's... Beautiful visits. We have to understand that the Apostle Paul made a trip and he had a visit, a special visit to make. And we from him can learn. Amen.
It says there, in verse 8, why did he have that genuine desire? Verse 8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Of course, the Apostle Paul had a desire, genuine desire to travel because he knew that he was going to go to a place of people that had the same gospel in the heart that he had. And he said, I want to go. I want to go because the gospel is being spread through all of Asia, through all of Europe. I want to go. That was the thought of Paul. He says, I have more brothers and sisters in faith. How good to be able to go and greet them. We should be joyful that the gospel runs through Kansas in, in the house of Anderson, of Nani, and of their children. And that's why we give glory to God, church, right? Because the gospel is running there in Kansas. We are so happy that the seed in you be powerful and that it's not in vain, but that you're scattering that in that military base in the United States that Anderson is in. We should be happy with the brothers in Chicago, to the family, to the family in Chicago, because they received this word. Because one day they received it once in the retreat, knowing to God, and they took it to Chicago, and the word is prospering there. Those that are in Mexico, we're happy with them as well. Because one day they received, and the same thing with Medellin, Colombia. And the gospel is running in Mexico as well. Don't you rejoice that the gospel runs through other places? You're not then understanding. A genuine desire of salvation for others. How good it is that the gospel is prospering. That the word of salvation, that the faith that we preach, other believers have in other places. Amen? Those that are in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, in Dominican Republic, and Colombia, in all the places where it's preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we should rejoice in ourselves, and how good it is that when we travel, that we have a genuine desire. Or what about even places closer? When you take the gospel to Poinciana, I had the opportunity to visit a family, a beautiful family there in Poinciana yesterday, and it was a great blessing. It was a time of spiritualness, and when we went to Hunters Creek or Meadowoods or people in St. Cloud, any place in Orlando, in Central Florida, we should have a genuine desire of visiting the brothers and sisters in the faith. How many could say amen? Amen? You shouldn't be burdened or bothered to visit one of them. Not even to the brothers in the faith to receive a, a, a visit from the leaders. And consider this, my brother and sister that is here. You should feel a desire in your heart or you should seek a desire in your heart that a spiritual figure from the church can come and visit you. And I'm going to tell you why, by the context that we're going to talk about here. How important it is when one can visit you from the church where one is congregating, and they are affirming you with it, they're embracing you with it. With that, you have a great opportunity of great things. But let us see a little bit more. So it shouldn't be burdensome to be able to receive visits from others. The sick need visits. We need more missionaries. We need local missionaries, regional ones, state ones, and international ones. One of us, many of us want to go to the nations. How many desire to go to a missionary trip with me? Raise your hands. Because there's going to be Mexico, then New York again. There's Charlotte, there's Colombia, there's Dominican Republic. Lift your hands. I want to see who wants to go on a missionary trip. What a blessing. What a blessing. We want to go to nations that are far off before going to the believers that are close by. Do you understand? 
if you want to go to the nations that are far off, then learn to go to the believers that are close by. To those that live here in Remington, we have to visit them. Those that live in Lago Buendia, those that are over there, those that are in the hospitals, we can make an evangelistic work in this place, a trip and a visit that is special. Amen? But I ask, is there vainglory for these, uh, these missionary trips? Or is it just a desire of knowing another place? But Paul, yes, had a genuine desire to travel. He had a heavenly agenda. Say heavenly agenda. And with this, I get into the second point. Paul wanted to take gifts. That's the second point. Let us go there. The second, the first point, and the second. What is the second? To take gifts. What is the first? To have a genuine desire. And the second, to take gifts. What is important for a traveler or a visitor to take something in their visit? Yes? Some people take souvenirs. Others take fruits. Others take flowers. In my case, one time I, I, I traveled, I took hunger. <laughs> Somebody takes something with the visit. They bring a bread, something. My wife says to me, my love, you're a bad visitor. And then she suffers with me because I'm the one that I go. And I go to the appointment, but I go with the agendas. Almost in the last moment running. And then I don't get to stop any place. And he says, you're a bad visitor. Buy a bread, buy something at least. And he says, but, I'm but I say, I'm taking you, honey. <laughs> That's a good joke. You have a good sense of humor. There's a lot of reasons why, many reasons to visit, to socialize, to meet the neighbor, to share vacations, others travel, to remove the stress. And at the same time, to stretch out, you know, when the travelers, uh, yes, we go to relieve stress, but you come with your clothes expanded because of all the food you ate. That's on the cruises, right? Those all-inclusive cruises. <laughs> but others travel to diminish spiritually. How sad. To, to diminish spiritually. Some people go to travel to get drunk or to party. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they're doing. What a waste of time to be able to go on a trip only to damage your life. To become an alcoholic, to get into a problem, or to look for promiscuous things. That should not be uh, the objective of a son or a daughter of God to travel. And I hope that a trip that maybe you're thinking of is getting damaged if you have that thought. Because in, if it's a sexual tourism travel and... My country, lastly, they have done that. I'm angered with the visitors, with many visitors from this country that go to my country, from others like Australians, Israelis, um, like Germans, many people from countries because they're using my country, Medellin, as a, as a sexual tourism and a tourism of drugs. And for the Colombians, we don't like it. And at least there's a group of people that we don't want that type of tourism. How sad it is that a child of God that looks for God, but then looks for a trip, to go to a sexual tourism place or tourism of drugs or alcohol. That should not be the way. Are you with me? That should not be. Say to the person to your side, better yet that you don't travel with that purpose. Say it. Better still that you don't travel with that purpose because it should not be. Let us go in scripture. People that visited within, because this is in the Bible. You want to see? People that would, within, Mistaken intention, or they visited with a mistaken 
intention in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. There's an example right here. It's of men, and if you see the context, men that were full of vainglory, men of this, men of that, and it says, and verse 5 through 7, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, these and from such people turn away, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm going to read it once again, and you're going to help me. Verses 3, 5 to 7 verses. 1, 2, 3. Having, verse 5, please, all of us, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away, for of the sort are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Look, what a word. And you say, what's well, coming with this word? Where's this preacher coming? I'm going to tell you where. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to Timothy that had a church. Timothy was a pastor of a church, and he had to guard the church. And what he heard, what was happening in the church, of men, of men that were filled with a lot of pious, and they made themselves look like they were Christian, and very evangelical, and very Pentecostal, or very Baptist, or whatever you want to call it in this time. And they would get into the houses of the women would, to preach the gospel. And let me talk to you about the gospel. Let me I talk to you about Christ. And it says the type of women that received those visitors, it was women that were loaded with sins and lust. Women with disordered passions. So here the Apostle Paul is touching a topic that attacks directly to the types of people that congregate in a church. One that with pious want to visit, but the pious is masked of a sexual act. Behind that piety, there's an intention of conquering a woman. And it speaks of piousness. And they speak of God. And they speak of the Bible. And they bring Christian songs assuredly. Are you with me? Are you understanding? But this happened 2,000 years ago in the church of the Lord. And the, the church has to be healed from that. But it also attacks the woman. It says the gullible woman that never learned. Curiously, they always need the word. They, oh, I need the word. Oh, teach me more. Oh, teach me more. Oh, teach me more. What they're looking for is a passionate need instead of growing in a spiritual part. Thank you for that, amen. Glory to God. This is tenacious, my brothers and sisters. And I'm going to take you to another level so you can see here in Matthew, the Lord Jesus himself speaking of a type of leadership that we don't want here and we will never want to have and we will never accept. But I hope that none of the church have these characteristics. Amen. Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 14. Matthew 23, 14. Allow me a moment. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater what? Condemnation. Excuse me for a moment. Jesus referring himself to a religious community that knew a lot, that knew a lot of the word. 
but that they had intentions that were false. They would get in to the houses of the widows with a lot of prayers, of prayers and biblical texts and prayers and biblical texts, but to, to devour them. So that cannot be our intention to visit anyone from this church or any church. And I give thanks to God that we have a sound leadership, but we want to maintain them sound. And we have a beautiful congregation and we want to maintain it beautiful. And I ask you women that receives visit from a woman of church, but don't receive visits from the church of none that goes in the name of leadership. If it's the opposite sex, don't allow it, please. If a leader from the church, a pastor that is going accompanied with someone, okay, but don't receive them alone. And the same thing with a man, that the sister wants to visit you because wants to preach Christ to you. <laughs> Come on, church. <laughs> Be careful. And I think that preaches itself. Our trips and visits as Christians should have a sound purpose. A sound purpose. We could make a trip or a visit a great spiritual experience. And let's see the purpose of Paul that visited this church. There in verse 11 it says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Wow. I say wow to that. Let us read it again. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. A purpose of the trip. A greater purpose of that visit. And with this, I'm not saying that let us not go on vacation. I'm not saying with this that you have to go to a place and start preaching the Bible all the time when you wake up till you go to bed. No. Because that's not the objective of this word. The objective of this word that we have a consciousness that you have a power of God within you through the work of Christ Jesus and the faith that is with you. You have a consciousness of Christ. So you have authority and the authority that you have has a lot of capacity and a lot of power and you could be a great blessing where you are. In part, the apostle Paul was saying, in part, a spiritual gift. And why did I say the subtitle of taking gifts? Because of that. Because Paul was not worried, should I take clothes, luggage, or should I take the greatest, uh, the latest cell phone, the latest skates? No, he was worried about taking the greatest thing to impart a spiritual gift, a gift from the Spirit. Wow. So maybe I don't come with a bread or some beans that I visit you, but I want to impart a spiritual gift when I visit. Are you with me, church? I want to bring a word from God. Give the glory to God. Amen. Clap those hands if you're going to clap. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus for his word. Don't get worried about what you're going to bring or who you're going to visit. What you want to buy or give. That's fine if you do it. That's a good custom. But think that you could bring the word of knowledge or wisdom. You could impart faith. You could bring a prayer of healing or deliverance. You could bring your ear and a heart ready to listen to the need of another person, amen? A word of sustenance and even a word of exhortation that is always good. Are you with me? He said, so that you may be established. Con established what? In faith. If something that Paul was, he was a consolidator. That to be established means to consolidate. To lift the hands, the consolidators that we have. All the leaders of the Bible study groups that are consolidators, lift your hands. Some are missing, okay. 
But Paul went with that to confirm the gospel that the people had received. We have to always bring a word of confirmation to the people that we visit. Hey, don't feel bad to speak about Christ wherever you go. Don't feel embarrassed to speak about Christ where you go. If you have Christ, then within you there's a power of God that is great. Blessed be the Lord. So it says, so that you may be established and give that glory to God. Amen? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He had a great purpose that trip. He wanted to go and confirm them in the faith. To consolidate them in the faith. At times, we have to take that seed. Do you think that Paul wasn't going to seed that uh, the seed of the gospel to those people? He was going to consolidate the believers, but he was going to sow the word to them and to others. And in some cases, we're going to sow a seed like Peter in the house of Cornelius. Peter, Peter was invited by Cornelius so that he would come to his house. And when Cornelius went, he says that in his house, Cornelius had his friends there, his closest friends and his family. And when Peter arrived, he imparted the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. People started to speak in tongues and the people that were there were saved. Why? Because there was a visit with a greater purpose. So our visits, and I use an example, our visit when we went to Kansas. And forgive me that I left without letting you know, but last week I was in Kansas. I, I think that I sent you a Greek, but it was a great blessing because we went to do exactly this. We went to establish our brothers and sisters in the faith, but we also went to bring word of life and of salvation. Three people accepted the Lord, a person from Argentina, a person from Mexico, and another person in that trip that we did. Blessed be the Lord. Salvation running through all the parts. You have the word of salvation in your lips. Wherever you go, throw it, throw it, throw it. And where it goes, leave the knowledge of Christ. Leave the knowledge of Christ. Leave the knowledge of Christ. You could be a better visitor. Say to the person to your side, you could be a great visitor in the purposes of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And for the finish, there's a great and mutual benefit. A good visit is one that everyone leaves uh, satisfied like a business. When is a business good? When both sides are satisfied. The one who sells and the one who buys. A good visit, everyone is fine and well. And the Apostle Paul was very clear in this. He said there in verse 12, in chapter 1 of Romans, it says, That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. So how do you say it? Read it with me loudly. That is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Paul understood that his visit and his trip had a greater purpose. What he had heard of them, of the growth in the grace, now he had a great joy for them. But in the same time, he had a desire to visit them to have even greater joy because he was going to see them. Are you with me? He had heard that the gospel was running throughout all of Rome, through all places, and he wanted to go to rejoice in that fruit of salvation, but also he wanted to go to surrender because he wanted to continue rejoicing in the gospel that was growing in the heart. So I'm going to say something to you, my beloved brothers and sisters, and I have a car by the mercy of God and even a motorcycle. And I have some bicycles that I found and I put air in the tires and they're good. My son has three skateboards. We have a small house. Normally of what a person can have here. We have an income like yourselves. We have some children that are studying like you. We have our health like you. I'm going to say something. There's nothing better in my heart 
there's not a greater joy in myself. There's no greater joy than to see people accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I have the house and I have my house, my car and I have the three bicycles and, and all that I have. But there's a little possessions that I have. And there's trips, yes. There's opportunities to buy things, yes. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing that fills the heart than to speak of the gospel of Jesus. There's nothing greater when you leave a science or knowledge of Christ in the heart of someone. There's no payment for that. That's something from heaven. That's something so wonderful that makes your heart vibrate. And I think all of us that have scattered and those that bless in that way understand what I'm speaking of. Amen? Perhaps you're looking for the house to be happy. Or you're looking for the farm to be happy. Or you're looking for the car to be happy. But let me tell you, you're going to be unhappy. Get in with Christ so you can be happy and scatter the seed of Christ so that you can have the joy of salvation within you and others. Amen? Blessed be the Lord. How healthy it is when the church can confide in the pastor and they see him as a faithful minister of God. But how healthy it is that as a pastor sees a people that is faithful to God. It's a great benefit. And with the respect with some brothers that I asked the permission to speak of, my brother Ramon Leva and Roxana, they went to the they went to Costa Rica. They went to Costa Rica because a brother of of Brother Leva, Ramon's brother, died and they traveled with a purpose. They went to console, they went to be present, of course, and they thought about the trip and all of that, but but in the purpose of going to be present because a life had ended, they came with the heart filled because a lot of lives turned on, because they had the, capaci the capacity to scatter the gospel. They went to console the people, and they left the knowledge of Christ in the hearts of the people there. And that luggage of blessing that they brought is great. It's for the glory of God. How much and how can we rejoice and give the glory to God for those brothers that in the middle of the tribulation, they left the living word there in Costa Rica. And I want to conclude with this. Paul had a total conviction of the purpose for which he was visiting that place. And he knew the heavenly purpose and that his trip, what was what was most important to him. Assuredly in his agenda, he was going to, he was going to invite in the house in his agenda, they were going to laugh a lot. They were going to have a good time. But what was most important for him was that in his visit, he was going to leave Jesus Christ sown in the hearts. He was going to leave Christ sown in the houses of the people of those churches in Rome. He was going to leave a word of healing, the word of reconciliation, the word of life. In hey church, we have something great within us. Amen. If you have Christ, then you have it all. I can assure you of that. Look, give the glory to God. Amen? Amen. Paul had something very clear. It was a conviction. Say conviction. You know what was the conviction of? That salvation is exclusively and only through the faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to this, church. Paul had the conviction that salvation was exclusively and only through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Paul knew that salvation wasn't by Jewish rituals. Paul knew that salvation was not keeping the Sabbath and doing things of the law. Paul knew that salvation wasn't the gifts that the people gave or the money that people gave. Paul knew 
that it wasn't by any good work that the person can do. Listen up and look at me. Paul understood that what he was taking, what he describes afterwards there in verses 15 through 17 in that same chapter 1 of Romans, and the Word of God says, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Where? In Rome also. Read it with me in a loud voice. What is following? Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I want us to read it with power. Amen? Can you read it with power and authority? Amen? Read it with a conviction of what is of who is within you and me, because within you and me is the same power, the power of salvation. Amen? The power of deliverance. The power so that the dead rise up. And when I speak dead, I speak dead spiritually. Read it with me. From 15, from 15, verse 15 to 17. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Wow. Blessed be the Lord. Do not, he did not get, he was not ashamed. He was not ashamed. I had the opportunity to travel and I went to a holy land. I told you to Israel. Oh, I found myself with a great many people there with their philosophies, with their things and the tourist guides that they gave us a woman that were known of the history and of the Torah and of the Bible. I had an agenda. I'm going to go and know, but I'm also going to show the word. And to those people, those that were there, that they guided us, there was not a moment that in any teaching that they wanted to give me of a doctrine, uh, even of their culture, and even Judaizers, I could then turn and say, what you're telling me, is a shadow of what's the truth. What you're showing me is a shadow of Christ, Jesus. It's the Christ, the Messiah. I didn't stay quiet in any moment. And some that were with me, they felt like strange. But you know what? Hey, I have to surrender that by grace they gave me. And it's the free gospel through Jesus Christ and salvation through Jesus. And you have it as well. Amen? Amen? Perhaps... You're here visiting today for the first time, like you, young man, like you, like the people that are on the other side, and perhaps you're visiting for the first time, as we spoke, a special visit, and perhaps you're special today, you here, and we hope that you feel good with all those that are here, that you may feel good, but we want something more. Not only that you feel good, but you also take what's important in this visit. And that, that you take Christ in your heart if you don't have him. Because perhaps you heard about him through religion. Because you heard through, about him through tradition. But you have yet to accept him by conviction. And I invite you to all please close your eyes for a moment. And those that are watching in their homes or through the internet where you're watching. And those that are present here in this temple and those that are far off. The best visit that you could receive is that one that the word of God says. 
that I am here at the door and I knock. If one hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in and dine with him and him with me. Jesus wants to enter into your heart. Jesus wants to be your friend. Will you open the door to Jesus? Will you allow him to dine with you? Will you allow him to be your friend? Because if he arrives, he's going to impart changes and he's going to impart blessings. He doesn't come to damage you, but to bless you. And there with your eyes closed, is there anyone here that wants to surrender their heart to Jesus Christ in this moment and wants to open their door to their hearts? Maybe you haven't done it. Lift your hands where you are. If there's anyone here that wants to accept Jesus Christ as their only Savior and Lord, blessed be the Lord. And for the rest, close your eyes. You have, you and I have, we have an opportunity of living living in, in the grace, but we have a great power within us. Don't be ashamed of who you are in Christ. Don't be ashamed of the faith that makes you come here every day, that makes you read the Bible every day, that makes you pray. Never be ashamed of the faith that you have, the faith that is in Christ Jesus, because according to the word, that is for salvation. There's no religion to save you. There's no donation that you can make to save you. There's no good work that could save you. It is only Jesus Christ that saves. It is free, and he gives seed to the one that sows, and you give the seed, which is the word, and you could show that word in every place to the leaders, to the leaders from the highest rank to the lowest rank, to even others in any ministry, I invite you. Let us be leaders that are visitors to the consolidators. I invite you that we take that step and we stop calling and we start visiting a little bit more. Less telephone calls and more personal visits to the leaders of the Bible studies groups. I invite you that you go and visit the people that are in your system. Don't wait for them to come on Fridays only. When the Fridays start to program on on Saturday, when the Bible study is done, program a visit for the following Saturday to the person who doesn't arrive on Monday. Why didn't they come? What else are we interested in for the people that are the people in the faith? How many received this word? Amen. And now please stand while we give the glory to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in these social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. And on behalf of our pastors, Walter and Maribel Arias, we hope this message edifies you. Have a wonderful day and God bless.